Good job, guys. Good job. Um, who's ready for Christmas? Just a couple of you. I'm glad we're talking. I'm glad we're talking about the Grinch this morning with all that excitement. Who, who's got their shopping done? Couple. That's good. Good. Um, who's who's told Santa what they wanted for Christmas? I'm tell you, I get excited about Christmas, and that's my wife. I love Christmas. I love birthdays. I love getting gifts. I tell her, Santa, I tell Santa every year what I want. I give the exact thing that I want, what page numbers in the catalog, where she can buy it, where, where they, you know, if you go this day, you can get it at this price. Last year, I asked for a weed eater. I got a gas grill. So maybe Santa knew that I would use the gas grill more than I would the weed eater. But anyway, I love Christmas. I love shopping. Um, me and my wife, we love shopping for gifts for the kids and everybody. And we, we just love to see the excitement on their face on Christmas mornings. But um, we love going shopping. But I'm going to be honest with you. I found a new friend when it comes to shopping. It's called Amazon. <laughs> Amazon Prime, free shipping. You don't have to wait in lines. Don't have to get mad at people at Walmart. You just doop, doop, put it in the buggy. I said buggy. It's a buggy, not a cart. It's a buggy. Okay? Amen. I get an amen back there. Check that out. <laughs> but I love shop, the shop. I love Christmas season. But today, we're continuing our Christmas series on unwrapping the Christmas classics by talking about the Grinch and how, he, how we can grow our hearts this Christmas. Now, before we get into the message, I want to share something with you guys. When it was decided for me to preach and Jimmy told me what the subject was, I got really excited when he asked me and told me. It's because it was talking about having heart, having heart for Christmas. And I got excited because I feel like I have a big heart. I feel like I have a big heart. I have a great big heart for my family, for my students here, for my church. I love people. I have a heart for people. But I love the fact that not only that, I noticed a couple weeks ago, I noticed that Rocky River Church, y'all have a heart for people too. On Thanksgiving, um, you came out and you served food for people that just didn't have nowhere to go, didn't have no money to buy food. They came out here and ate. Y'all came to serve them. We had over 150 volunteers from our church to come serve people. And it made me realize how proud I am of Rocky River Church and the people here that have hearts. Y'all have hearts. And it made me very excited and happy. Now, now I got that out of the way. Now let's talk about the Grinch in his heart. I'm not sure on how much you know about the Grinch, but I came up with a couple facts to see if you know them. So let's take this little quiz. Y'all want to take a quiz with me? All right. The first one is, what is the name of the town that the Grinch tried to stop Christmas from coming to? Whoville. Man, y'all know that one. Okay. What was the name of the Grinch's dog? Max. Very good. Y'all must have watched this last night, didn't you? All right. What was the Grinch's problem? Heart was too small. Yep, that's it. Now, you could say he had a heart problem. You could say that. And maybe we could say that we all have heart problems. 
I hate to admit this, but sometimes I feel like my heart, is, my heart isn't big as I think it is, especially when it comes to God. I just feel like my heart's not that big. And I think some of you are just like that also. You have a heart for people and a lot of things, but when it comes to God, you're just like the Grinch. Yours and my hearts are just like the Grinch. It's just too small. But I think God wants to grow our hearts. So today, we're going to look at what the Bible says about our hearts. So pull out your message notes, and let's just dig into this. The first passage I want to read to you is on the front of your, the front side of your message notes. It's Proverbs 4.23. Verse 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take them notes, and I want you to underline, guard your heart. Guard your heart. This reminds me of that talk, the talk we have with our teenage kids. When they get teenagers and they think they're old enough to date, find a boyfriend or girlfriend. As a parent, the first thing we do is say, protect your heart. Guard your heart. Don't get heartbroken. We have that talk with our teenagers all the time. What does that mean? What does that mean, protect your heart? Why does the Bible, why does the Bible say this? It's not just a good cardiac advice, though it's true. You should guard your physical heart. But the word heart here means your spiritual heart. It means, that, it means more than the organ that beats in your chest. Guard your heart. The Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew, and the Hebrew word for heart is lab. Lab refers to, and, and it's, it, it's there to describe, the very center of your being. It's what heart means in Hebrew. So, guards, so God says, guard your heart, or lab. Guard the center of your being, because this is who you are. Your heart represents the abundance of who you are. So God is saying we have to be aware of our hearts because that's the center of who you are. Now in Proverbs, the Bible says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. So let me ask you something today. How is your heart? How is your heart today? How's your heart been for the past year? How's your heart been for the past couple of years? Would you be willing to admit and willing to say that you've had some heart problems over the last couple of years? Would you admit that with me? I have. Maybe, maybe you have allowed some sin to work its way in your life. Maybe you just lost your passion in your life. Maybe your faith is feeling a little stale right now. Or maybe you're on the other side of that. Maybe you feel like you just You've never been any closer to God than you are right now. You're on fire for Jesus. But whatever side you own, God wants to grow your heart. I pray that you will let God do a little work on you today. Not just to grow your heart at Christmas, but every day of your life. I'm going to give you three prayers today that, can pray, that you can pray to grow your heart. If you have your notes, the first prayer, let's get started. The first prayer is pray that God will give you a pure heart. 
this can be a hard prayer to pray, to get a pure heart. Because if you pray for a pure heart, you know what you're admitting? You're admitting that you're letting sin some way get in your life. You're admitting that we all have some impurities in our heart when we pray that. Proverbs 20, verse 9 says, Who can say, I have cleansed my heart, I am pure and free from sin? Who can say that? The reason why none of us is pure and free from sin is that we can't get that way by ourselves. We cannot get that way by ourselves. So we are not pure and we are not free of sin. Can we, can we admit that this morning? Can we all admit that? Can, you, can we admit that none of us is perfect? We're not. We're fallen people in a fallen world. And I'm just letting you on one secret. I am just as guilty as all of you. Just because I'm a pastor, pastor to students, doesn't mean I'm free of sin. We all are. Romans 3.23, actually it's in your notes twice, just so you really get it. You probably thought it was a mistake, but I really wanted you to get this first. It says, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. It says it right there. Everyone has sinned. We all have sinned, and we all have fallen short. This means the person sitting to your left, to your right, front of you, behind you, we all fallen short sometime in our life. We need God's forgiveness. We need God's cleansing. So we all need to check our hearts on a regular basis and pray for cleansing, pray for a pure heart. Now David, as one other time I preached, I referred to him as my favorite character in the Bible, and he is. Now David was referred to a man of, a, of God's heart. He was after God's heart. He's a, he had God's heart in him. I love this description about David. But if you remember reading about David, you know that um, he was far from perfect. David made a lot of mistakes. David had a lot of impurity in his heart. But David wrote in Psalms 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. That is David's prayer for purity. David, a man after God's own heart, needed a prayer for purity. We do too. We all need a prayer for purity. So our first prayer this morning is for God to give you a pure heart. Growing our heart starts with the prayer of purity. But now let's move on to the, part, to the next prayer. It's my favorite, favorite. Pray that God will give you a passionate heart. Pray to God to give you a passionate heart. Now it seems to me like the world has kind of stolen the word passion from us and made it into a dirty word. Nobody wants to talk about somebody being passionate. Sometimes, I know especially for men, being passionate about certain things means we are weak. Being passionate about something and showing our passion through emotions can label us as weak. The world says crying for a man shows that he's weak. A couple weeks ago, it's been about, what, three or four weeks ago, there was a football player a wide receiver for the um, Colts. Um, he 
On Saturday night, he had a baby girl. On Sunday, he played the game. I can't even remember who they was playing. But whoever is playing, he had the best game he has all year. He, he made, he's had so many yards, he scored so many touchdowns. And when he played, he dedicated that game to his baby girl. After the football game, the reporters interviewed him. He didn't want to talk about the game. He got very emotional. He broke down on national TV when all these people was asking him questions. He was so passionate and emotional about being a father, about his little girl. Now, some, some of the people that, that saw the interview and you know how ESPN does and all these news channels, they like to criticize him, said he was weak and all this stuff. I don't think he was weak. I don't think he was weak at all. I think he's a real man getting on national TV and show how passionate he was about his girl rather than winning the Super Bowl. Listen to me on this. If you don't hear nothing else I say today, as you can tell, I'm getting a little passionate here. But listen to me. You never have to apologize for being sensitive or emotional. It's a sign you have a big heart and that you aren't afraid to let others see it. Showing your emotions is a sign of strength. Today I want to reclaim passion. And passion is important to living our lives with faith. We are called to be passionate people. But I see two ways that passion is experienced in the world today. The first problem is that people just lack passion. Just lack it. They have no passion at all. Their passion has grown cold. They are just not passionate about anything. They just go through life and just go through the motions. Their passion is gone. I see some people that have no passion about at all when it comes to church. Or when they come to church, they have no passion. That usually means that their passion for God has went away when you come to church and have no passion. They might just come to church because it's just the thing to do. They might come to church just because their kids or their nagging wife makes them come. Whatever the case will be. They don't want to come to church because, because they're mad at God because God hasn't answered their prayers the way they wanted them to. They don't want to come to church because the band's too loud. We don't sing out of hymnals. They don't want to come to church because they found out Jason was preaching. Whatever it is, they don't want to come to church. They make all kinds of excuses because their passion is gone. But here at church, we're not perfect. But we're here for a reason. It's to grow our hearts. You might not... You might not have lost your passion, but it's been redirected into other things, into negative things. I, don't know, I, don't, I know I don't need to tell you this, but that isn't the way God wants us to live our life. The second problem is just as serious as the first one. Some people have a lot of passion, 
But they are passionate about the wrong things. They get passionate about sinful things. They get passionate about things they just, that just won't last. They get passionate about things, you know, I, I see people get passionate about things like food, hunting, hobbies, football. People get passionate about football. I get passionate about football. I get passionate about my fantasy football team. I started 0-5. Now I made it to the playoffs. I'm sitting here on my phone when my wife's trying to talk to me and I'm fussing at my players that like they can hear me like I'm their coach. I get so passionate. When I found out last week I made the playoffs, man, I just jumped and shouted because I was just so excited. It's fantasy football, but I was passionate about it. I see people get more I see people get more passionate about football than I do than they do God or their family. There's nothing wrong with that. But just remember them things won't last. A couple of weeks ago, this is gonna be a sore subject for some people. But a couple of weeks ago, um, the Redskins beat the Cowboys on the Monday night football game. Oh, there's more Redskins fans in here than Cowboys? Wow. Cowboys must sleep late and come to the second service. But when the Redskins won, I'm not a Redskins fan, but when they won, our Pastor Donnie, he got excited. That was his Super Bowl. He don't care if they win any more games just as long as they beat the Cowboys that one day. See? <laughs> and here's the thing. I had to see him wear that Redskins jersey all week. I don't think he took it off. I think he slept in it. He wore it every day. He was passionate about his Redskins. He was very passionate about it. Now, I'm going to go on record and say, I'm not saying Donnie's not passionate about God because I know he is, but why can't we be passionate about God like he was about the Redskins? Why, why can't we? There's nothing wrong but getting passionate about them things. Just remember what I said a while ago. They will not last. So what should we get passionate about? In your notes, under part, um, point number two, I'm going to give you three things that we should get passionate about. The first one is, our, is passion for God's presence. Passion for God's presence. Our first passion should, should be to know God and to love God. The more you know God, the more you discover God. And the more time you spend with God, the more your life is going to make sense. So get passion for God's presence. The second passion that you should get passionate about is passion for God's people. God's people. Think about this for a second. The only thing we see on a daily basis that's going to last is people, right? We see a bunch of people every day. We see people here at church. Get passionate about God's people. People really matter. In fact, God is really passionate about people. How do we know this? How do we know that God's passionate about people? Well, because if God was not passionate about people... 
then he would not send his, his son Jesus to be born. Then we wouldn't have a Christmas, right? God's passionate about his people. And don't forget that baby that we celebrate for Christmas is the Savior and eventually died on the cross for all of us in our sins. He just didn't die on the, die on the cross just for you and me. He died on the cross for all of us. He didn't die just for me. He died for everybody. No matter what, the, what your race is, what team you pull for on Sunday, who you vote for, he died for all of us. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be passionate about people. You know, not everybody's going to agree on everything. But we still can be passionate about God's people, about people that come to church and we, and that we know that love God. We'd be passionate about them people. Now, the third passion we need to be passionate for is God's plan. Jeremiah writes, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Now, God has a plan for each of you. Whether you see it, he has a plan for you. The question is, can we lay down our plans and just want his plans for our lives? Now, my grandmother, um, she had this saying on her refrigerator ever since I was a little kid growing up to the day she died. She had this saying on her refrigerator, and it says, you want to make God laugh? Tell him your plans. I never did get that. I didn't understand what that meant. But I do now. Standing up here, I do now. I know what it means now. It means God was laughing me, at me for 35 years to about three years ago when he called me to be a pastor, be a pastor of students. He was laughing at me for 35 years because I was trying to make my own plans. I was going to be a professional wrestler. And look what I'm doing now, you know. God had his own plans. I might have thought of what I was going to do, but God knew what I was going to do. Let God make plans for you. Don't dictate God's plans. Don't dictate your destiny. God knows what he's going to do with you. It might take years to figure it out, but God has a plan for each of us. And that's something to be passionate about to me. You know, I watch these students. I watch students in um, the flood. They have no clue what they're going to do. They're just trying to get through high school. But I know I see some of them, they're already growing to be leaders. Some of them want to be youth pastors. Some of them want to be praise and worship pastors. You know, they have a passion for God. And they're letting God control their life. They're not controlling. They're just living their lives and letting God take the wheel. That's a Carrie Underwood song, isn't it? thought so. But that's something to be passionate about. Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. 
Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me a lonely path of everlasting life. Now, let's talk about the third prayer that we need to pray. Pray that God will give you a peaceful heart. You have a pure heart, a passionate heart, not a peaceful heart. A peaceful heart is a heart that is ultimately at peace with God. That's the good news about Christmas. The sin we talked about earlier doesn't have to keep us distant from God. We do sometimes feel empty, and our lives sometimes feel like lives of separation. But it doesn't have to be that way. We can be pure. We can be passionate. And ultimately, we can be at peace. We've seen this in the reading Greg read this morning in Luke Luke chapter 2. In verse 14, it says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Because Jesus came and he died for us, we can experience his peace and we belong to him. When we believe in him, we find favor in him, we find peace. So many people live with troubled lives. I'm guessing many of you this morning have troubled hearts. Some of you may even think it's too late for you. God could never forgive you. That's what you're thinking. God can't forgive me. But Christmas is the ultimate reminder that it's never too late. That you can have peace. And that you can be at peace with God. In John 14, verse 27, Jesus gives us a gift. Let's look and see what that gift is. Verse 27 says, I am leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus promises you a gift of peace. It's a gift for following him. Now, we haven't talked that much about the Grinch this morning. And I don't know, maybe some of y'all don't know what happened in this story, but we knew at the beginning, we discussed a while ago in my quiz, he had a small heart. At the end of the story, the Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day. Your hearts can grow that big also. If we pray for God to give us a pure heart, if we pray to God to give us a passionate heart, And if we pray to God to give us a peaceful heart, God will grow our hearts. He will grow our hearts. No, just don't think you lost your passion. You just don't want to come to church, don't want to be around godly people. Christmas is hard on a lot of people. Your hearts shrink at Christmas because you don't know what you're going to do for Christmas for your kids. I'm going to call the band up right now. And when the band's coming up, I just want to challenge you guys. I want to challenge you guys today to grow your hearts for God. I know that's hard to say, how are you going to grow your heart? You probably, you might ask, how can I grow my heart this Christmas? Or how can I grow my heart every day of my life? I'm going to give you some ways you can grow your heart. 
some suggestions. You can grow your heart by simply asking Jesus into your heart. Some of you here today may have never known Jesus and have no clue what I'm talking about. But you can ask Jesus in your heart today. That's one way to grow your heart. You can ask for forgiveness for some sins that you committed or you're living in. And you want to lay them sins at the altar today. That's a way to grow your heart. There's several ways to to grow your heart. There's ways you you can grow your heart by serving, giving, giving your time, giving your money. You can grow your heart by believing in God, trusting in God. Some of you might like, I'm bitter this Christmas. I don't know what I'm going to do for my kids or my family, how I'm going to feed them, how I'm going to get them presents. Turn it over to God. Know that God's going to take care of them. Take care of you. Doesn't the Bible say God will never leave us or forsake us? You know, it's important to people that have something at Christmas. You know, I grew up, grew up with a family that we got one gift. That's why I get excited when I get two. You might just, you just need to grow your heart this Christmas. I want to challenge everyone today to just set, set aside all your problems. Turn your life, turn everything over to God. Because just like the Grinch, his heart grew. He started to become passionate about people. We can get passionate about people too. Get passionate about church. Get passionate about God. Wouldn't it be cool to have a football jersey that said Jesus on it? And every time he won and every time he defeated the devil, we'd wear it all week. Wouldn't that be cool? Because here's the secret. He has defeated the devil. You might not see it now. You might feel like, my life is just going downhill. You might got some word, some news that, hey, I got some bad news about myself or a family member this week. Well, whatever that doctor told you, trust me, God has a plan for you. I don't know what it is. I can't tell you what it is. But God knows what it is. You have to trust in God. I want to ask everybody to stand with me as I pray. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for just being with us this Christmas season and every day of our lives. I know sometimes it's hard for us and we just don't realize how much you love us. We try to fix things ourselves and depend on ourselves and it just don't work. God, I just pray today that everybody just start depending on you. Stop trying to do it by themselves. Be passionate about what you're doing for people at Rocky River Church or in our community anywhere. Be passionate about you. Be passionate about 
you know, things going on in the world. I know that the world seems like it's falling, and it is. But God, you have, and we're trusting that you have a plan for everybody. I pray today that somebody, somebody might come in today and have no clue what I'm talking about or don't understand what it means to grow a heart. But God, you will open their heart and you will see, let them see things that they've never seen before. This Christmas season could change their life because they're letting you open their heart and grow their heart. They closed their heart to you before, but this Christmas season they're opening their heart to you. I pray that everybody is safe in their travels this Christmas season. I just, God, I just pray for all of us. I pray for me. I pray for the staff. I pray for Jimmy. I pray for everybody sitting here today and the people that couldn't come today. I pray that you would guide us in the road down the road that we needed to go down. I pray that, and I ask for forgiveness for our sins. God, I just, again, I just want to say thank you for everything you you do for us and you have done for us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jason gives us different ways to grow up.